Hello, everyone. I'm Tim Bladick with EEOC's Office of Federal Operations, and I welcome you to another microlearning moment from EEOC and the Federal Community's EEO Education Consortium. Today, we continue with our fifth and final in a series of podcasts on OFO's Reports and Evaluation Division, or RED, the social science research arm for our Federal Sector Programs Division in OFO. As part of its mission, RED produces social science-related research of EEO-based topics within the federal sector, one of which we'll be examining today. With me is Karen M. Brumman, a social science research analyst in the Office of Federal Operations since 2015. She holds a master's degree in sociology from the University of Massachusetts Amherst, where she is also a doctoral candidate. As part of her work with RED, Ms. Brumman has recently conducted research on the EEO status of workers with disabilities in the federal sector. Welcome, Karen. Thank you, Tim. Thanks for meeting with me today to talk about your research on workers with disabilities. So tell me, what was it that got you interested in doing research in this subject? Talk to me a little bit about how this research came about and what you're trying to find out. Thanks. As a part of its regulatory obligations, EOC issued a final rule on January 17, 2017, titled Affirmative Action for Individuals with Disabilities in the Federal Government. Part of the purpose of this final rule is to clarify the obligation that the Rehabilitation Act of 1973 imposes on federal agencies as employers that are over and above the obligation to not discriminate on the basis of disability. Fiscal year 2018 was the first complete fiscal year in which this rule was in effect. So that in the future, we can measure the effects of the new final rule. It was important to learn that we learned about the baseline status of federal sector workers with disabilities and to learn about trends that led up to that baseline. Therefore, we studied the federal sector participation rates of persons with disabilities and targeted disabilities the federal sector employment life cycle of persons with disabilities, and ways that federal agencies are improving accessibility for persons with disabilities. Okay. To start, what basic things did we find out about persons with disabilities and persons with target disabilities in the federal sector? Some of the basic findings included that the overall participation rates of persons with disabilities and targeted disabilities have increased since 2014, but federal agencies still need to improve these participation rates so that they can meet the participation goals under EOC's new final rule. Also, we found that many federal workers choose not to identify their disability status. Mm. So how about the federal sector employment life cycle of people with disabilities and persons with target disabilities? What findings were made there? We started by examining hiring. Among permanent hires, the federal government exceeded its 2% goal for hiring persons with targeted disabilities, but agencies failed to meet the 12% goal for hiring persons with any disability. Next, we examined leadership and advancement. We found that persons with disabilities and targeted disabilities were less likely than persons with no disabilities to be in federal leadership positions. However, despite being less likely to hold leadership positions, persons with disabilities and targeted disabilities were promoted at rates similar to what would be expected based on their participation rates. We also examined complaints. 
The most commonly alleged issues in disability-based complaints were non-sexual harassment and reasonable accommodations. We also saw increases in disability-based complaints and settlements between 2014 and 2018. For the end of the employment life cycle, we examined separations. For both voluntary and involuntary separations, persons with targeted disabilities were the most likely to separate from federal employment, and persons with any disability were more likely to separate than persons without disabilities. And specifically for involuntary separation rates, these disparities were larger in fiscal year 2018 than in the previous four years. Hmm. Not many surprises there, except, except maybe one. Are there some non-obvious lessons to be drawn from those findings? And as far as what is perhaps the lone surprise, do you have a hypothesis as to why persons with disabilities and persons with target disabilities were promoted at the rate they were in spite of being less likely to hold leadership positions? There are a variety of possible explanations that need to be examined further, but one that stands out is the glass ceiling. Persons with disabilities and targeted disabilities are getting promoted, but they participate at higher rates in lower pay grades. If persons with disabilities are currently in lower pay grades, perhaps due to hiring practices, it will take them longer to advance to the highest positions. They also may be kept out of supervisory and managerial positions due to early separations, unconscious bias, or skill deficits. These barriers may be mitigated through respectful workplace training, particularly for management, and training and mentorship programs directed at persons with disabilities and targeted disabilities. What did you find with regard to improving accessibility for persons with disabilities in the federal workplace? Federal agencies are implementing a wide variety of creative programs to improve accessibility for persons with disabilities. Broadly, we found that agencies are creating internal and external partnerships to identify best practices for improving accessibility. Agencies are enhancing their interactions with employees to raise accessibility awareness. They're doing this by hosting accessibility events and by training all employees to make documents that are accessible to persons with disabilities, and agencies are using technology to improve their reasonable accommodation request processes, for example, by using accessible web-based reasonable accommodation request forms. Hmm, I see. You also mentioned that agencies are creating internal and external partnerships. Can you share with us some examples of the partnerships that were created? Sure. For internal partnerships, some agencies have established accessibility workgroups that include all agency offices. They're also getting their leadership involved and briefing leaders at all levels on the importance of accessibility. For external partnerships, subcomponents of larger departments are creating department-wide accessibility groups to develop and share best practices. And one agency also said that they are training other agencies on ways to comply with new accessibility regulations. I'm guessing these findings led to more than a few recommendations. What do you think are the most important recommendations that came out of your research? 
We need to ensure full equity, inclusion, and accessibility for persons with disabilities in the federal workforce. To do this, agencies must work to improve the participation of persons with disabilities and targeted disabilities, specifically in management. Based on our findings, agencies should ensure the retention of leaders with disabilities and recruit persons with disabilities and targeted disabilities for new hires into leadership positions. Also, federal agencies should ensure that they have civil and inclusive workplaces and provide reasonable accommodations to persons with disabilities. This can help prevent complaints of discrimination. Agencies should also work to improve the retention of employees with disabilities. For this, we need to identify and remedy the specific types of personnel actions, policies, procedures, and practices that are related to the separation of persons with disabilities and persons with targeted disabilities. And finally, agencies that are not already doing so should ensure their accessibility to persons with disabilities and persons with targeted disabilities by implementing specific, measurable, and attainable goals to improve their accessibility, and then track the progress to see if these efforts are successful. Do you have an overall message after looking at your research results? Yes. The federal sector should continue to strive towards developing a workforce that is broadly reflecting the diversity of our society. That's one that is inclusive of workers with disabilities. This will serve to enhance the capabilities of the federal government, as well as to empower persons with disabilities with economic self-sufficiency, independence, and integration into society. Well, thank you for sharing your research results with us today. It's very much appreciated. And thank you to everyone for joining us for this micro-learning moment. As always, if you would like to know more about the Federal Sector EEO Education Consortium, send an email expressing interest to edcon at eeoc.gov. We look forward to you joining us for more micro-learning moments in our podcast series over the next several months. Good day, everyone.